How many of you loved seeing the All Blacks win back-to-back titles of the Rugby World Cup? Not many. How many of you were glad? Not, how many of you were really disappointed we won back-to-back? Yeah, a lot of hands went up. More hands went up on that one. Okay. <clears throat> Wrecks my message a little bit, but never mind. I'll keep going. They say the All Black era, this new All Black era, began in 2004. We'll get to that at some stage, maybe not today, when they drew a line in the sand and made some key decisions and changes moving forward. It was a new era for the All Blacks. I want to make a prophetic declaration about Church Unlimited today. It's a new era. And with that, the prophetic declaration continues, this is our time. Which means it's a new era for you, and this is your time. Dare you believe it. One season's ended, another has begun. End of one golden era, and the start of another one. For 24, seven years, God has incredibly blessed this place, done more than we would ask or think or imagine. Two large auditoriums, one can seat 700, another 1,500. Wonderful growth over the years. Church has never really stopped growing. 10, maybe 15,000 souls saved on the altars of salvation. Now four campuses, no debt, Radio program, TV program, magazine, ministry in over 17 nations, possibly 100. We just don't know exactly where the TV gets to. New Zealand beyond Auckland and Christchurch. I could go on, a church planting base in Cambodia. We're so deeply grateful for God, to God for his incredible blessing on this place. It has been marvelous. And I personally am really surprised that God is now saying you've entered a new era more wonderful than the past. We can only humble ourselves before God and worship Him. I feel like King David in 2 Samuel 7, 18 to 19, let me read it to you. King David had been so blessed by God, he went in and he sat before the Lord. And he said, Lord, who am I? What is my family you have brought me this far? If that were not enough in your sight, O Lord, you have spoken of the future of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this your usual way of dealing with man? God had so blessed David. And then said, David, there's just so much more. Isaiah 42 and verse 9, we read these words. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. God's already fulfilling the prophetic words, acceleration of expansion. You all know that, tenfold growth in ten years. 
We experienced acceleration of expansion in a remarkable way once before when I first started here 27 years ago. The place just exploded rapidly, went from one service, two services a day to three and then four. We were running three services in the morning at 8 a.m., 9.15, 11, and then again at 6 p.m. We are knocking down walls, buying chairs, went into another auditorium. You know, just, it was just explosive. But that acceleration of expansion stopped. It came to an end. But I believe and I pray that this time it will continue on and on and on without limits, with no end, leading to a great revival in our city, our nation, and the nations of the world. A new era speaks of a shift in the spirit, a shift in the atmosphere, if you like, releasing greater dimensions of the Spirit and releasing greater blessing of God in our lives and in the church. And we see new eras as a biblical truth. We find it in Scripture. You know, the greatest new era shift in the Spirit, of course, came with the birth and death of Jesus. The Old Testament ended. The New Testament started. This was the dawn of redeeming grace. This was when the Savior was born and died upon a cross. This was a time God would dwell in human hearts. A new era beyond any that will never be equaled again, I believe, in the history of mankind. It was a great new era. But then there's another era when you move from heaven to earth. That is a fantastic. How many of you are looking forward to that? that? That will be a new day, I'm telling you. It will be a shift in the spirit, all right? All things will become new. When Moses died and Joseph took over, Joshua took over, another new era of conquest began. I believe this is prophetic for us today. If you've got your Bibles, come to Joshua chapter 1, 1 to 3, where it says, After the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' sister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. End of an era. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, a new era, and you and all this people to the land which I'm giving them to the children of Israel. Every place where the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you as I said to Moses. This was a new era of great conquest that moved from uh, Moses to Joseph. Uh, sorry, to Joshua, and I believe there's prophetic of what God's saying to Church Unlimited now. We're moving into an era of conquest, an era of taking territory for God, an era of taking possession of the promises of God, an era, an era of expansion, enlargement, of enlarging the kingdom of God and seeing heaven come to earth. It is a new era. This is our time. Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I'll make road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. You know this new era, the seed of the new era was sown in the soil of Church Unlimited with the name change. We needed a new name because we knew God was going to give us churches outside of West Auckland, so West City Christian Center was no longer appropriate. Remember asking God, how on earth do you get a new name for a church? And God was gracious to me, and He spoke to me, Isaiah 62, verse 2. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. Did you get that part, church? A new name which the mouth of the Lord will name. God Himself said, I will give you the new name. You can't think of this name, Tart. This is not 
for you. This is not strategic thinking. This is not, you know, brilliance of, uh, of creativity and working out what would be a, a mesmerizing name that would capture people's attention. God said, no, no, it's nothing to do with this. I'm going to give you the new name. And so one day a, a pastor came into my office. He said, I've just been up the mountain seeking God. And I want to, he said, I, I felt God say to me that the future of this church is all about Church Unlimited. When he said that, something resonated in me, and I thought, I think this is the new name. So we asked the church for a new name, and some of you will remember, 70-odd names were put forward, some really interesting names, some fantastic names. I submitted my name without telling anybody, put it in the list. Then they put a, a team together, about six or seven people with an external consultant came in who was quite, quite good in that area, and they took the 70, and we said, narrow it down to two, please. I took a risk, really. They narrowed it down to two, and fortunately, God's name was there. Not my name, his name, the one he got through me, I guess, but it was there. And then the final decision was made by a small group of the leadership team, and that is how we got the name Church Unlimited. You see, friends, it is a prophetic name. It's more important than we realize. God's will for us is to see unlimited blessing, unlimited worship. Unlimited Bible revelation, unlimited Holy Spirit, unlimited supernatural power, unlimited souls, unlimited expansion, unlimited healings, unlimited impact in New Zealand and the nations. Every time you say church unlimited, you are making a prophetic declaration. Please, please avoid saying see you. See you later. It's we're not see you. We are church unlimited. That's the name God has given this place. So please make that declaration and make it clear. You see, God changed names in Scripture uh, to reflect prophetic destiny. Are you with me this morning, church? All right. Abraham became Abraham. Abram, sorry, Abram, A-B-R-A-M, became Abraham, father of many nations, because that was his destiny. Jacob the deceiver becomes Israel, a prince with God, because that was his prophetic destiny. West City Christian Center has become Church Unlimited because that is our prophetic destiny. Unlimited blessing from heaven. All right, now I'm not saying we're the only church that's going to have it. I believe many churches will have it. But our new name connects with a new era, an era of no limits, an era that is limitless, that is unlimited. So I want to give you a few key words, just three areas this morning to touch on the next 15 minutes I've got that define this new era. How many of you are interested in a new era? Just remember this, friends, it's your new era because you are Church Unlimited. Tell the person next to you, you are Church Unlimited. Now tell them it's your, this is your time. Tell them, come on, loud, nice and loud. This is your time. ha. <laughs> How are you doing in the balcony today? You all right? Good to see so many up there. Awesome. Okay, so the first word in our new era should come as no surprise is expansion. That doesn't mean you're going to put on a lot of weight. <laughs> Even though Christmas is coming, all right? Expansion, acceleration of expansion. This actually speaks of the restoration of the dominant anointing in the early church, which was apostolic. You see, the early church, if you read the book of Acts, was always expanding. It was always taking new territory, impacting its community, the city, the nations. It saw a great harvest. They planted churches 
The new early church was not confined to four walls. All right? This expansion was never meant to have stopped. And we are now entering back into this apostolic anointing of taking territory for God, expanding the kingdom of God. So friends, expect to see family and friends being saved in this new era. Expect local schools to be impacted. In fact, expect revival in some other local schools. I thought a couple of young people might get excited about that. Where are you young people? Anyone here? They must be coming in the next service. All right. It's too easy to focus all our energy inside the four walls of the church. And there's a need for that. That's got to be done. But remember, everyone wants to, we want to reach us outside the four walls. So we've got to become a church without walls. Amen. A church where the lights never go out. The light of Jesus shining 24-7 in this place, in our other campuses as well. The early church turned the world upside down. We want to turn our community, our city, our nation upside down, bring in the rule of God, see the crime rate reduce, drug abuse decline, alcohol abuse go down, less suicides, fewer divorces, teenage pregnancy to drop, less unemployed. In this new era, I want you to think expansion all the time. Think enlargement all the time. Why? It's a new anointing that God has placed upon you and upon church unlimited. Because guess what? I'm not going to do it all. Tell the person next to you, he said he's not going to do it all. Now tell them that means you're going to have to do it. <laughs> oh, I know how to trap you guys, don't I? Isaiah 54, this is our verse. Are we doing all right? Thank you. Could do with a few more. Front row is great. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. You shall expand to the right and to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations. Don't forget the nations and all of this, friends. Okay, number two. The second key words in this new era, every Christian stepping into their calling and greater anointing. Every Christian stepping into their calling and greater anointing. How many of you would like greater anointing? Yeah, I mean, okay. So the prophet declared last week, didn't he? He said, the key to acceleration of expansion, tenfold growth in 10 years, is going to be when every one of us is mobilized into serving. We move from 20% of the people doing 80% of the work to 100% of the people doing 100% of the work. Do you know why some people burn out? Have you ever thought about this? Even church members, staff sometimes? It's because of the 80% that don't carry their share. And the 20% doing too much. And some of that 20% just do too, too, too much. And then they really struggle in themselves. And, you know, you can have real burnout there. But this, this one, I reckon, is really, really exciting uh, for you. Do you know why? Because there's an apostolic dimension in you that's waiting to express itself 
is waiting to take territory to God, for God, is waiting to minister in the supernatural power of God. In this new era, we're going to see people stepping up uh, to a whole new place of ministry and anointing, and we're going to be surprised at who God uses because it's not going to be qualifications. It's going to be availability. It's just going to be those who put up their hands. God will say, yeah, I'll take you, I'll take It's going to come down to surrender, and anyone can surrender, even if you're not highly gifted. If you surrender, I believe God can take you and do something fantastic through your life. God wants to activate the wonderful gifts He has placed in your life. Do you know every one of you have got incredible gifts you don't even yet know about? Do you know that? They're in you. Honestly, there's gifts in me that I don't even yet know about. But in this new era, you watch me. (laughs) You're going to see some stuff coming. You're going to think, isn't that Tarkbana? What's happened to him? Where did he get that extra Gifts and anointing, well, it's going to come from God. There's two myths that derail the church that you know about, but they're going to be greatly reduced in the new era. Greatly reduced, all right? The first one is that there's two categories of people in the church, the clergy and the laity. Clergy, laity. No, 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 it's going to be clergy, laity. We're all equal. All the same, all anointed. We all have the same Holy Spirit, and God is going to smash that myth of clergy and laity, all right? And the other myth he's going to smash is that marketplace ministers are not as spiritual as church ministers. Some of the most spiritual people in this church are not on the staff, they've got spiritual people there, but are actually in the marketplace. You need to be anointed to serve God in the marketplace. I sometimes say you need more anointing because you're out at the coalface where the heathen are, where people are swearing and cursing and anti-Christian and anti-God and persecuting, whereas we sit comfortably in our offices at a safe distance. You need anointing, friends, when you're out in the marketplace. And so we're all equal in that area. God is your boss. Now let's go to Acts chapter 8. Now watch this, all right? Are you with me? Come to Acts chapter 8. Watch this. Verse 1 says, now, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. So at that time there was a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered. Would you say that with me? They were all scattered. They were all scattered, all right, throughout these different places, except the apostles. So they were all, ex- all scattered except Tarkbana. I got to stay at home, all right? Now watch what happens. Verse 4, Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So who who went, friends? The the church was scattered. The apostle stayed home. They went out preaching the word. They went out out everywhere preaching the word. Okay, then verse 5, Philip, one of the deacons, went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ to them, and multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. Have we got the next verse there, or have I left that out? Okay, we'll go to verse 7. It's all good anyway. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Were healed, friends, by who? Hey, by who? Now, the apostles weren't allowed. They, were, they stayed in Jerusalem. This is the believers. This is the deacons. This is the church members. They're out there preaching. They're out healing the sick, the paralyzed. And then in the next verse says, and there was great joy in the city. So when the church gets moving, there's great joy in the city. When you put the apostles, they can stay in their offices, send the church out, and something is going to happen that is fantastic. The church exploded. Believers did what Jesus said all believers would do in Mark 16, go into all the world, preach the gospel, cast out demons, and heal the 
sick. Philip was a deacon. This is your calling. Deacon, this deacon moved in the power of God. So in this new era, as you come to church, just watch the ushers. Some of them are going to be sidetracked from doing their job because they're going to be healing the sick and casting out demons as you walk in to the church, that's to the church burn. That's what my Bible says to me. The deacons, the ushers, the greeters, those on the information desk, we won't let them heal anyone because they've got to get your money. <laughs> but apart from the information desk, all right, we're going to release everyone. You know, those who are in the, in the cafe, the hosts, you know, you're going to, we're going to think, hey, look after the new people. And then someone's going to be slain in the spirit and going to go, I just got healed of heart condition. My kidneys have just been restored. You know, my, my, my broken, uh, wounded knee, it's, it's healed. I'm, I'm set free. And this will be, and people will say, yeah, but where's Pastor Tuck? Well, he's in Egypt. We're in charge now. We're running the show. We're the deacons. We're the ushers. We're the church people. We're the youth leaders, the life group leaders. We're the church members. Can you get it, church? This is the new era. Come, let's say it together. This is the new era. Tell the person next to you, this is your time. Oh, who's excited about Keith Dove ministering in the power of God? Woohoo! Yeah, come on. <laughs> who's keen to see Sharon casting out demons in Jesus' name? Who's keen to see the, the, the choir members, you know, preaching the gospel and, and, and healing sick people and, and saying to the lame, rise up and walk. And someone gets up and walk. And they say, who are you? And they say, I'm a member of the choir. Where's Pastor Tark? He's in Pakistan. <laughs> that wasn't in the script, by the way. I made that, just made that up. You like it? We're going to get this, church. We're going to get it. We're going to get it, and we're going to do it. You're going to do it. I'm going to do it. We're all going to do it. It's great. So you don't need a pastor to pray for you. Boy, I wish we could get that. You don't. Your miracle's sitting next to you. Yeah. The person next to you, they can heal you. They can set you free as much as anyone else can. The Old Testament, everything was done by the priests. New Testament, it changes. Revelation 1 verse 6. He's made us kings and priests unto God. We're all priests to God. Say to, say to the person next to you, high priest. <laughs> high priest. <laughs> hey, here's another thing. My time's just about done. Best part's coming. Don't wait for a title or a position. That's what's paralyzed Christians for centuries. Don't wait for it. There's nothing stopping you today ministering in the power of God. None of our ushers need permission to pray for sick people and cast devils out of them and heal them in Jesus' name. They don't need that permission, friends. No one in our choir needs permission. You have permission. Why God has given you permission. He said to you, go, heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the gospel. He's given you permission. You are ordained. You are anointed of God. I keep telling myself, stay calm. I just can't, I just can't do it. It's just so hard. It's just so hard. This is a day of great opportunity, friends. One of the anointings that has been prophesied over my life is the anointing to be able to shift things and movement. So the anointing to shift churches to where they should be. 
No one need to shift individuals to their true DNA and their true calling in God. It's an anointing to shift, friends, and that's going to happen in this new era. Many of you are going to find the reason for which you were born. How good is that? It's a day of great opportunity. Why don't you think of becoming, you know, you may have to get out of your comfort zone, do something radical. Become an intern. A volunteer on staff. See, if you want radical results, you've got to do radical things. If you want a different future, you have to do things different to the past. You can't always repeat what you've done in the past and expect a different future. And I think God's going to call some of us to do some radical stuff out of our comfort zone. But we're going to step into destiny when we do that. You know, amazing things happen when um, you serve or can happen. Listen to this story I read from the Reader's Digest. At age 56, Greg was diagnosed with incurable head and neck cancer. He was told to prepare for his funeral. He sat in his church, pouring out his heart to God, and he said, God, before I die, I want to do something for you. That something, he realized, was to fix the peeling paint, the mangled stairs, the leaking roof, and the rotting floorboards. He approached the church association and and he said he would completely repair the building on one condition that they gave him a key so he could go in any time to worship the Lord. But he warned them it could be slow going because he had gone through three rounds of chemo and 40 sessions of radiation and lost 29 kgs. They said, yes, go ahead. Incredibly, as Greg scraped paint and repaired boards, he felt himself getting stronger each day. The more he worked in the church, the better he felt. Soon he didn't need the strong pain medication. The oncologist was blown away. And she simply said this, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. So he did. The more he worked, the more he worked, the the better he felt. As Greg continued to renovate the church, a scan revealed his tumors were shrinking. Four years and 23 days after diagnosis, they removed the feeding tube, the one they said he would have for the rest of his life. Today, the tumors are all gone, and he no longer needs to have checkups. But listen to the key point. Don't miss it. Greg says... See, the church was restored to its former glory. And Greg says, while I was restoring the church, God was restoring me. I'm sure you don't need to give you the application. You look after God's house. You'll start looking after your house. Could be your physical health, could be your financial health, could be your relationship health. It could be any area of your life. You will never outserve God. 